Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio for another exciting episode in our ongoing series of LibreOffice, focusing on LibreOffice Calc, the spreadsheet program. The next topic is extremely important because it addresses where most beginning users of spreadsheets get into trouble. First, understand that building models and doing what-if analysis is fundamental to the success and widespread adoption of spreadsheets all over the world. Now, a model can be thought of as a mathematical representation of a process of some kind. It could be financial, such as projecting my sales over the next year, or perhaps working out when my car loan will be paid off. Or it could be scientific, such as projecting out the reaction times and quantities in a chemical reaction. The only real requirement is that whatever you are modeling has to be something that can be represented using mathematical formulas of some kind. What if analysis takes this model and lets you experiment to see how changes in different variables affect the results in your model? If I am figuring out when my car loan will be paid off, I might ask how paying an extra $20 a month against the principal would affect my results. Presumably, it should lead to getting it paid off sooner, at least if I set up the model correctly. Or in the case of a chemical process, how would different temperatures or pressures affect the reaction times and quantities? By experimenting with different values in my model, I can do this comparison easily, but only if I built the model properly in the first place. And the key here is to understand when to use numbers and when to use cell addresses and formulas. And almost always the answer is to use cell addresses and formulas. When I was teaching corporate finance to college students, I assigned them a project of creating a business plan for a hypothetical business. I didn't particularly care about what the business was. I was really trying to teach them proper technique. So, if their business involved selling snow to Eskimos, I didn't care. But they had to build a business plan in a spreadsheet, and they had to do what-if analysis as part of this project. Now, the first rule is that the only place I would let them enter raw numbers was in a special designated area called assumptions. Though, if you wanted to name it constants or parameters, that's not a big deal. The point is that this is where you would place these variables, starting numbers, or whatever. For my corporate finance students doing a business plan, this would be where they would place the price of the product, the cost per unit of producing it, the interest rate at which they could finance operations, etc. You can imagine the sort of uh, financial variables you'd want to incorporate in a model of this kind. I would usually have them place this to the side of the main model where you could see it, but out of the way of the main rows and columns of the spreadsheet. Then they were to use these numbers by creating a cell address that pointed to the particular number in the assumptions area. So if the price of the product was in cell I4, for example, they could use that anywhere in the model simply by referencing this address. If they wanted it to appear in a calculation, they would use, for example, something like equals A1 multiply I4. 
Now, this is good as far as it goes, but suppose you then wanted to do a fill, like we talked about last time. Uh, you might want to be looking at uh, sales month by month and working out revenue by multiplying that the quantity sold against the price that you can sell the product at. Uh, you would want to set up the calculation the first time and then do a fill to go through the remaining months. And, and in a case like that, you do not want the address for the price of the product to change since this is a constant in the calculations. So you would do something like equals A1 multiply dollar sign I dollar sign 4. Now, no matter whether you are filling down a column or across a row, the sell for the product price will not change. But suppose you wanted to allow for inflation. Let's say we assume that prices will rise by 0.25% each month, and we're doing a business plan with 12 months in it. Well, you might think you could just plug in a multiplier. Suppose you had a number for each month. So the first month of the fiscal year was 1, the second month was 2, and so on. And let's say that these numbers appear in row 2 of the spreadsheet, and there are 12 columns for 12 months. Just adjust the formula. Something like this. A1 star open parent, A2 star 0.25 star dollar sign I dollar sign 4 close parent. Now, this would, in fact, work. But if you were my student, you just lost credit. Remember, every single one of your assumptions or parameters must go in the assumptions area. And the rate at which prices rise each month is an assumption. It should go there. So, now let's go back to the spreadsheet and put an entry in the assumptions area of 0.25. And let's say, for example, that this winds up in cell I7. Now I can rewrite the formula correctly as equals A1 star open parent A2 star dollar sign I dollar sign 7 star dollar sign I dollar sign 4 close parent. Now, I, I think it's, it's probably clear when I say star, I mean multiply, but <laughs> we're going to be doing talking about this a lot. So it's the asterisk, which is the multiplication symbol. Um, so now I've got a formula made up of entirely of cell addresses and mathematical operators. So things are good. Now, when I was teaching, I explained all of this and told my students that any time I saw a raw number outside of the assumptions area, they would lose credit. And I would literally click on every cell looking for this mistake. Theoretically, a student could wind up with a negative number for a grade on this project. But I'm not as heartless as this may sound. I also had the policy that at any time during the semester, I would, on request, review what they had done so far and give them feedback on whether they were on the right track. After all, in the world of business, you are usually expected to check if you're on the right track, if the boss gives you an assignment, and not taking the time to check marks you as a fool. So, in fact, I was trying to teach multiple lessons in the same course. Now, what-if analysis. This is the other part of this powerful technique, and you can't do it properly if you don't get the model building part right. Now, the idea is to have 
multiple copies of the model but change one or more parameters each time. And this is not hard at all. The way to do this is to build the initial model on the first sheet of your spreadsheet, which is the one that on the bottom has a tab saying Sheet 1. If you built it following the principles I outlined above, you can now do the magic. You can copy the entire sheet and it is easy. Just hold down the control key, or if you're on a Mac, the option key. Click on the tab that I will assume says Sheet 1. Drag it to the right. Release the mouse button and you will have a copy that is named Sheet 1 underscore 2. In other words, the second copy of Sheet 1. Now with the copy, you can now do the first what-if analysis. For instance, suppose inflation is higher than 0.25% a month. Well, just go to cell I7 in your copy and change it to what you think is a better alternative, such as, for example, 0.35% per month. The original model on sheet 1 is still there untouched, but on this copy, as soon as you change cell I7, the entire spreadsheet recalculates to incorporate this new number. And this is as good a place as any to mention that you don't need to leave your sheets with names like sheet 1, sheet 1 underscore 2, or whatever. Just right-click on the tab, and in the menu that comes up, you can rename the sheet. I would give it something descriptive based on what you do with your copy. For instance, you might name sheet 1 something like base model. Then if you go to your copy, you can call it the high inflation version and so on. The point is that you can explore as many different scenarios as you can think of and see just how big a difference it makes to the end result. Maybe your business plan is very sensitive to changes in the finance rate of borrowing, but less sensitive to changes in the cost of production. That might be very valuable information to have. And by doing what-if analysis, you can bring that out. But it should also be clear by now that if you are not totally rigorous in building your model, if you let some parameters slip into the body of the model instead of being in a separate assumptions area, you would be seriously hampered in doing this analysis. This is probably the single most important principle in spreadsheet use that you need to understand. And we're going to illustrate it. Our, our next tutorial... We're going to build a simple model of savings over time and use it to do some what-if analysis. So, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio, signing off and reminding you, as always, to support free software. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRef projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. 
From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to LunarPages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.